This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Hi there. You're about to listen to one of the original Shrink Chicks episodes. We think it's so amazing that you're here, but we do have to warn you that what might not be so amazing is the sound quality of this episode. We started this podcast in Emily, my bedroom back in 2019 with two really bad mics, one mediocre recording device, and zero idea about what we were doing. If you are sensitive to sound quality, we encourage you to check out season two and beyond where we learned a little bit more about podcasting and also we just outsourced our audio. Thanks so much for being here and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. And I, okay, I, Jen, I have to say, every time we do this intro, my voice gets super high. I think mine does too. It, I think it, I match I, you. I'm not exactly sure what that is. So I hope everyone embraces it and be aware. Oh my gosh, for anyone watching Love is Blind, <gasps> Jessica does that. Okay. Oh, listen. She does. When she's in the pod, she's like the super high voice. I just started watching it's Love is so Blind. Good. It's amazing. I'm addicted to it. And you know what? It it really shows that like when you're away from the outside world, your relationship is so much more protected. Mm. And then it's not anymore. And then it's not. But it brings us into our topic today. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, what if you're the toxic one? I want you to all think about this. Hey, maybe you follow us on social media. You've seen these things before. Here's some quotes we've put up within the last year. If you walk away from a toxic, negative, abusive, one-sided, dead-end, low-vibrational relationship, you won. Next one. I owe myself the biggest apology for putting up with shit I don't deserve. Great. Next one. Stop fighting with stop fighting battles with people who are at war with themselves. All these are great. Good advice. Pretty general. But here's what we stop to think. What if you're the toxic one? Dun, dun, dun. We talk so much about staying away from other people and protecting your energy and ending relationships in places for you that don't fit that have you ever stopped to think well what if it's me so I think what's important about this too is defining what being the toxic one really means so I actually googled of course toxic of course another word for it 
is poisonous. Yeah. Right? So you're pretty much poisoning your relationships. Mm-hmm. So, but... So, that, so, like, really that would be is, like, I always think about it as, like, poisonous is contagious, right? So, like, right. my negativity affects other people's negativity around me. So when we talk about, like, toxic, it's coming into. So we think about some of these relationships. If you have that friend who just, like, you end up leaving, like, let's say you're hanging out with them and you end up feeling defeated and, like, just exhausted. Drained. And emotionally drains, drained. Absolutely. Like, maybe their energy is, feels like a toxicity. And you, to ask yourself, do other people feel drained when they're around me? Yep. Because that might speak to the fact that you could be the toxic one. And yep. so it's important for us to note that when we say being the toxic one, we're talking more about behaviors, right? We're not talking about you as a person. But in, but people start talking about it as, like, toxic, right? Exactly. So, like, so we're going to use the language that's most commonly used People, human beings are not bad. They're not toxic. They're not wrong. But we have behaviors that sometimes are maladaptive patterns. And one of the things to keep in mind, here's a spoiler alert, probably for listening to this podcast, it's not you. Because it means you're already <laughs> putting in enough effort to try to work on yourself. And you even, probably have self-awareness you enough ha- to be like, I need, I need to figure out some what stuff I here. need to change. Yes. So the good news is, is if you're already doing part of the work, it's most likely not you. But still, let's take a look at ourselves because we talk so much about finding the right partner. It's often about being the right partner. And you might have certain behaviors that are toxic, yeah. right? Small behaviors that might be affecting your relationships that you want to okay, keep so note Jen, of. like what was yours? Oh, good Because all of us would have had to do this at some point well, in Well, I life. think that like if, any, if anything is a toxic behavior, I yeah. would say more so, if anything, like being passive aggressive. Yes. Or, um, oh, maybe like shutting down and then when someone reacts to it saying like oh this is like your reaction is uh like that's pretty toxic yeah that is kind of toxic it's good <laughs> it's minimizing of humans it's right? minimizing yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's just like i don't want to deal with this yeah okay so but at least i recognize it absolutely right so that self-awareness is one of the biggest things and it's one of the things we talk about almost all the time on this podcast and it is really about developing that inner monologue to say to yourself like all right like what's happening here and how much of this you know we talk about it really being a cycle. So it's not the chicken or the egg. We have no idea. Some people, like maybe Jen's attitude can make me become anxious. Or maybe my attitude can make Jen become anxious. Mm-hmm. And then Jen's anxiety for me feels like passive aggressive. So it shuts me down, right? It, who knows which one came first? Chicken or the egg. Chicken or the egg. Exactly. So for us to say it's one person or another, sometimes we can say is, hey, the two ways that we relate sometimes don't totally collaborate well together. And relationships are all about cycles, yeah. right? So it's not just about I did this and I'm the person to blame, mm-hmm. right? So we're really talking about behaviors that end up kind of infiltrating the relationship and you can consider toxic, right? So we're not talking about people in general being to- toxic. Oh, absolutely not. And oftentimes when you have these toxic behaviors, they're coming from these like deep-seated wounds from maybe when you grow up, grew up and someone else was toxic to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so like here's an example, right? What y'all think about this? So let's say that in your friend group, you always feel like you're abandoned. You're not included. How much have you been feeling abandonment throughout your life? What was your earliest memory of feeling abandonment? How do you take a look and say, you want to know what? It's actually really easy for me to feel abandoned. So I keep repeating it in my patterns. The same thing in my romantic relationships. I often feel like person's not showing up for me. I often feel like he's um, my partner's choosing their friends over me. I can end up feeling abandoned. Maybe that feeling is just so close to home for you. 
And so your feeling, it might be something that comes from childhood, keeps coming up over and over again in your relationship. What matters is how you react to that feeling. So when you feel abandoned, how do you deal with it? Do you push people away even farther? Do you yell at them? Do you, are you passive aggressive towards them? So to really look at what are the behaviors that are coming from that feeling of abandonment and are those behaviors toxic? So I feel like there's like a good chance. So like before my husband, I was probably toxic and like yeah. So tell us, <laughs> yeah. So that was gonna be my like question. We need to turn romantic, it back around. Yeah, like in all of my romantic relationships. Okay, so how did you know that well, you were the toxic? Well, um, I think I was very insecure, right? Like so, like for most of my life, I have struggled with disordered eating. I have been insecure in my appearance. I have struggled with who I am in this world. It took me a long time. I think that I come off as incredibly confident. You and do. It's t- and, it, and I've always actually kind of come off that way. Now it's very real, but before it was like a mask. Mm-hmm. So I think in relationships, I would be jealous and probably very needy. And nuts. We've, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this <laughs> before. <laughs> I might be Jessica from Love is Blind. <laughs> Okay, Jessica's on another. Wait, can we? I'm sorry, can, quick detour. Can we quote Jessica real quick? I need <laughs> to bring quote. this up. I texted it to Emily because I was like, I can't believe I'm actually hearing this. She said that there, the red flag that was coming up in their relationship, that the guy was too emotionally available. It was a red flag, she said. That was her red flag. And that in itself is a red flag <laughs> about her, right? right? Right. So one of the things to talk and think about is that like the toxicity in your relationship is also a reflection of the toxicity in your relationship with yourself. God, that's good. So for me... There was some toxicity in my romantic relationships because I really felt unworthy within myself. And it took a ton of time and patience and therapy and work and, like, keep doing all this stuff, right? I do a ton of reading. I do a ton of my own education. And you have self-awareness. You have, work I, on yourself, yes. which is important when you're a therapist. Absolutely. But, okay, I have a question. How would those behaviors play out in the relationship? Well, not well. Um <laughs> How would that play out? Yeah, like what would it, when you were feeling insecure? What, well, how would I've told out? this story before, maybe not on this podcast, but I know that I've told this story on Betch's Bride mm-hmm. before. My husband and I had we were probably six months into dating, and I was being very well. Actually, Jed, it was probably about the first time you and I met. It was that summer session. Oh, the first I was time dating someone. You were dating someone. Not a healthy relationship. No, that was probably toxic too. <laughs> not healthy probably the first time we ever met that we didn't like realize until like probably like six years later that we had met before so that summer i was insecure i was going through a lot there was this night where i think i called my like then my now husband like seven eight times like i was just you know intoxicated and being annoying and like really needy and so the next day he calls me up and he says listen like here's the deal i really like you i really want to be with you but there is no way that I can with the way you're behaving. That is good. Like, he this, sets serious yes. boundaries there. And I was like, got it. Bringing it back <laughs> in. Okay. And, like, that's what I really needed to hear because this could have gone a different way. He could have called me up and said, you're being a fucking crazy-ass bitch and, like, you're nuts or, like, not talk to me. And either of those would have been, been, been toxic behaviors yeah. on his side. But what everyone needs, I want everyone to hear, and I know I keep saying this phrase, 
think about attention seeking as connection seeking Mm. when someone is seeking attention they are seeking connection that is 100 what i was doing i felt disconnected from him we were a long distance for the first time i still wasn't super um trusting and safe in the relationship so i was acting out it was very childlike it wasn't mature but he had a choice which was to play into it and we all have those choices in our relationships Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? (laughs) It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. And instead of, you know, especially when it's difficult to be vulnerable, especially mm-hmm. especially in new relationships and in general. Yeah. So, you know, a way in which to deal with that insecurity, 
right, would have been, well, I'm feeling, I really want attention right now. Yeah. Right? Like, I really want connection. You know, I feel very disconnected from you. But that's very vulnerable. You open yourself up to the possibility of rejection. And so that's why when we're feeling that way, um, you know, we react in ways that end up putting up a wall where if someone rejects me, it won't be as hurtful if I'm calling you a million times and saying, where the fuck are you? Yes, yeah. Right? Where underneath that is really just this need for connection. And so the healthy way to deal with it is to say, okay, I really want to talk to you. I feel disconnected. I'm really looking for connection right now. But no one talks like that. No one does. And here's like another thing. So let's say you have a ton going on. Like this is something that can even happen for us that we should take. Mm -hmm. So Jen and I spends almost our entire week having listening like we spend a ton of time listening yes and in our therapeutic relationships it's one-sided we're not talking back we're not sharing really very rarely we're sharing things about ourselves in the room it's all about our clients which is how it's supposed to be but one of the things I would notice that I would do at the beginning of my career was then at the end of the night like if I was like talking to a friend it would be like all about me Mm mm-hmm like, I, like, there wasn't enough space for me in my life, I felt, because I was so focused on my career and spent so much time listening, that I would, I really needed support from my friends. So I sort of would, like, overly ask for it. And guess what, guys? That's annoying. Um, all of us have that <laughs> friend. But maybe that friend really is in need. Right. Right. right? Maybe that friend really needs to check it. And I think it's really easy for us to say, God, this person is so effing annoying. Get them out of here. Most of us need more love. hmm now, it always hits a place, right, where that person goes too far. They start getting cruel. They start yeah. getting angry. And people aren't – it's not okay for people to mistreat you. Yes. But if you set up those boundaries sooner, they won't. And there's no space to. And there's a way to express yourself to them that would be healthy for your relationship, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to say, like, hey, I don't have the space for this right now. Is there, can you talk to a therapist? Can you, obviously that's always my go-to because we're therapists. You're allowed to say that. Yeah, but I think it is. And that doesn't make you a horrible friend. It makes you human, but, right? And like that's- And it makes like, your relationships healthy too to be able to be like very honest, open and honest. Right, and so then when the, and this, here's what's going to happen. Let me tell you the prediction because this is what you're saying in your head, anyone listening. You're saying, all right, but what that person's going to say, like, well, you're my friend. Like, why should I go to a therapist? You're supposed to be there for me. And what you're going to respond, yeah. And still, I don't have it in me. Right. I'm so sorry you're suffering, right? right? It's when you do and, and you keep adding an and, you keep putting in commas. But when you start getting defensive and then you start giving the evidence, and here's what we do when we start getting activated, is we're then going to say, like, well, here are all the times I was there for you. Right. And then it turns into a battle where it doesn't have to be. And then you're the jerk. (laughs) But underneath, right, underneath your friend saying, but you're my friend, you're supposed to be there for me, once again, is this need for connection, right? I'm looking for connection. I'm feeling rejected. Right? So once again, the healthiest way to deal yeah. with that would be to say, okay, that makes me feel really rejected because I'm opening up to you. Mm-hmm. But instead, we tend to respond in anger. We tend to respond in defensiveness because it's more protective for us than to open up and say, hey, I'm, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling very vulnerable. When our reactions tend to come from a need for connection in a lot yeah. of ways. And like, no one likes being called out. It sucks. No, it hurts. <laughs> it's hard. And, and it's also embarrassing, right? Like, we should also talk about like the 
the emotion of embarrassment, yeah. which is really triggering for so many people. And you know what I was thinking about? Because at the end of every episode, we say, you know, if this makes you if – you, if you think this episode's going to help someone, send it to a friend. And I was thinking about this episode, <laughs> right? I don't know if we can say it with this I one. mean, we can, but it would be calling people out, yeah. right? Like, if you were to send this to a friend, it's very clear you think that they're the toxic ones, right? And so I think that um, – Something to think about. <laughs> Who are you going to say? You'd be yeah. calling them out. Because <laughs> yeah. right? none of us wants to hear that. So it doesn't make you bad for being defensive. It really makes you human. And that's the whole point of all these episodes is that you're human. Just like all of us. And one of the things, if you heard that little groan, that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's dog is underneath my feet right now and I'm rubbing him. He's my footrest. <laughs> He's 100 pounds and very furry, he so really it's lovely. Is. He's like the um, most amazing thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, he's just very – he's having a long day of recording over here. So, okay, I think there's a bunch of questions that come with this, and mm-hmm. I think that like really looking at what – how do you know if you're the toxic okay. one? I think that's a good question and something we can dive into. Okay, so here's the one. If – like I said before, so people that are really tox- toxic or have these really toxic behaviors typically can't take ownership or Mm self-awareness so if it feels like you are always blaming other people if you're thinking about oh god look at this bad stuff that always happens to me well things happen through you so if you could sit here and you can make a list of all the ways people have like fucked you over within the last year maybe there's something about you and if you can't take any responsibility for your part within that relationship right if it feels like everyone else is doing something to me and I'm not doing anything right there's no responsibility then yeah and as we talked about earlier in the episode relationships are all about cycles Mm -hmm. right we affect someone else their reaction affects us so it's all about cycle it's not one person does something what always takes two to tango right to really break it down and here's what I also want you all to remember because maybe you're listening to this and you're like, like screw these girls they're, like, <laughs> Jen and I have been the toxic ones before. Yes, everyone has. There has never been a time that it hasn't been one of us. No, no, all of us have some shit. Absolutely. And, okay, so Emily and I, as we've said, we're both relationship therapists. So, and we see couples all the time. And one of the ways in which couples make the most progress is when they are taking responsibility for their actions within the relationship. Absolutely. The times in which we feel the most stuck, and I'm sure the couple feels the most stuck, is when they're just blaming each other. Yes. And so in in couples therapy, we tend to help the partners really recognize what their part is Mm -hmm. within the relationship because you don't have any control over what the the other person is no. doing all you have control over is what you do and so to blame someone else gives you no control over the situation Absolutely and so not. you're just going to feel worse to blame other people yeah. right so as we've talked about part of this is really taking responsibility and having that self-awareness to say okay what was my part in this, right? Like, how may have I reacted in a way that was toxic to the relationship? Mm-hmm. And that's very hard to do sometimes, especially when we're so used to blaming other people. Oh, my gosh. It's really hard to look in the mirror and say, okay, what was like, what was the role that I played in this? Mm-hmm. Well, and also, a lot of times in my life where I wasn't healthy, like, to talk about, like, really this importance of, like, what's my own relationship with myself? The times where I know I've been problematic in my, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships, is times when I've been really struggling with my relationship Mm -hmm. with myself. Mm -hmm. And that seems so corny, but it always leads back to you, right? Like, am I feeling fulfilled in my life? That any time, I can even see that I do it now in my marriage. 
anytime that I like flip out at my husband and he's like not you know like I'm like I work just as hard as you and I still do so much the chair the child rearing and I still do so much the cleaning it's always because I'm feeling burnt out yes but for me it's so much safer to blame absolutely to be vulnerable and say god I guess I need to take on less clients or I guess I need to do less at work because I don't really want to give that up. If I'm being honest with myself, it's because I don't want to compromise. Absol- and sometimes it's hard to even recognize <laughs> yes. that you're feeling that way until you start freaking out at someone and else. I'm so exhausted. Exactly. And so, okay, I have a confession to make. Oh, I yeah. love reality television. <laughs> I have a little bit of a problem. I'm actually like chilling out with the Real Housewives because it's like the same fight over and over yeah. again. But you tend the reason why I'm bringing that up is because you tend to see in these shows that the times in which the people are reacting the most is the times in which they have the most going on personally. Mm. And you don't really realize it till they're getting a divorce six months later. Yeah. But they're having these reactions to their friendships that you're like, oh, my God. First of all, this is very entertaining. <laughs> Second of all... <laughs> What the hell is happening, right? Like, why are you having this reaction? Obviously, as I'm watching, I'm analyzing everything, taking notes like they're my clients. Just kidding. That would be weird. But but maybe would be good for a good episode. I think we we need to. Oh God, (laughs) I should do an episode of just us watching a reality TV show and talking. I think that should be a whole other podcast. Oh my God, where we do like a reality TV. I know. I'm sorry. Right, we won't stomp and get in your stomping grounds. But anyway. Um, you tend to figure out over time that the way in which they're reaction, reacting to people that seems so out of control, yeah. something you were like, where is that coming from, mm-hmm. tends to be coming from a place that they're they're struggling themselves in their personal lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you see yourself reacting really strongly to different relationships, to say, like, where is this coming from? It feels like a change for you to think, like, well, what is what else is going on yeah. for me? And I see this a ton in premarital counseling often mm-hmm. where um, – you know, it's always a mother-in-law, unfortunately. <laughs> so so I'm not going to try to pretend Sorry, like Sorry, mother-in-law. It's always the mother-in-law. Um, right, where it's like, oh, my mother-in-law is just, like, being the worst and she's being so difficult. And it's also to wonder, like, well, what is that person experiencing, right? Like, is this their only child? Do they feel excluded from the wedding planning process? Like, um, did they not have a wedding process themselves that they're having, like, you know, some regrets with? The, all of us are going through stuff. Most people are not bad, evil people. Most of us are just triggered, <laughs> All the time. All the time. Well, a lot of things are triggering too, right? And so here's the thing. We did a whole episode on know yourself, grow yourself. If you don't recognize that you're being triggered, then you're going to have these toxic behaviors and, you're and reactions. And you're going to work on that some more, yeah. And instead of saying – because that's taking responsibility for your triggers mm-hmm. to be able to say, oh, I'm being triggered. This is why. This is what's going on for me. Yeah. You're taking responsibility for your feeling and then reacting to the feeling. Absolutely. If you don't recognize – the fact that you're being triggered, why you're being triggered, what's going on for you, it comes out as blame towards the other person. Mm -hmm. Instead of me saying, oh, I'm triggered by something you're doing, it's you're doing something that's wrong, right? Like you're doing something that's bothering me. So I had this memory. This is like so crazy. I don't think I've probably never told you this before. I just thought about it now. I'm excited. To talk about like, right? Because like one of the things we haven't really talked about a lot is like trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, like, when we have a trauma trigger, right? So something I don't like to talk about, um, I haven't really talked about it on this episode, but I'm very open in most of my life is that I'm a sexual trauma survivor. Um, I've done a ton of work around it. I'm comfortable talking about it. Um, 
But I have a memory. My high school boyfriend, Pat. I don't know where you're at, Pat. Pat, where Pat. are you? <laughs> he was working at the Citizens Bank Park. Pat, um, <laughs> hope, you're, hope you're not listening listening to this or not well, No, 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 it wasn't about, about him. He took me to see 300. We were in high school. In oh, three. my God. Remember that movie 300? Yes, it was out? very intense. It was very intense. I did not know that. We go, and like, honestly, like, within like the first like 30 minutes of the movie, there was like a pretty intense rape scene. Oh, my God. And I like totally totally shut down and end up having like a huge freak out at him on the way home and then like you know weeks later was able in therapy to identify that like oh i had like this complete trauma trigger wow i but i was so young at the time and i wasn't out and talking about being a survivor and it wasn't like a part we were were in high school like our relationship right existed on like nothing right like (laughs) like i can't i could not tell you a single part about that relationship but it was i'm sure very shallow (laughs) so yeah i wasn't gonna like go open up to him as most high school relationships but at that time i looked if anyone had seen it from the outside and not known they would have been like god that girl is horrible and look how um crazy she is and look at him he's so great for putting up with her and listen i didn't handle most things well but i was just stuck yeah and not right? know, like and not did knowing. you were you aware that you were triggered at the time dude i mean later later i can remember and i can't i have to ask my mom about that i kind of feel like i went home and i think my mom was like well what was the movie like and i wow. told her and she's like oh well here's probably what it was and keep I, in mind emily's mom's a therapist my, oh of course yeah. So so she's like yeah most people do not have those conversations yes. with your mom <laughs> My mother and I talk literally 24 seven. So, um, so I can't really remember. But when we see stuff on the outside, trauma makes a huge, huge oh, impact. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, it, because it really affects people, especially if it takes it takes time to work through trauma. Yeah. It takes well, a and lot. When you of experience work. trauma, you literally the neurons in your brain rewire right. in a different way. Right. And it's it's like your your reactive like your fear response. Mm-hmm. Um, gets activated so much more, yeah. right? So, like, the fight, flight, or freeze response. It sounds I, like yours turned into fight. Mine, I think mine's always fight. I think it's always fight. <laughs> mine's, um... Yours is... Freeze? Yours is freeze. Flight, sure. no. It's flight. Come on. I'll I'll fly. I don't know. Sometimes you just freeze. Well, that's just when I'm... I have literally I'm, seen you freeze. That's, I'm but that's when I have, um... That's when I have... That's true. That's more stage fright. Okay. We don't know. We're not sure. I got to dig into that. But mine's definitely fight. Mine is definitely like I get elevated in my anxiety and like I feel like I need to protect. Wow. Like I that, wish I had that one. Yeah. That's, I don't know. It doesn't, because mine looks worse in our society. Oh, yeah. Yours looks nicer. Yours is more Or people social- are like, what's going on with you? Mine's, yours is more socially appropriate. That's probably true. So don't you true. think? Yeah. And it's, I think it's easier for people to look underneath yours one mine yours is more welcoming yours invites people in right mine yours pushes, pushes people away, away. Yeah. but it makes sense because if you think about those responses are protective for us right like the reason sure. why we have those responses is that they protect us absolutely and so if we don't realize why we're doing it there's no means of working on it but yeah. it's also a a means of disconnection with other people mm-hmm. right so if i'm if I'm leaving or if I'm freezing, like I'm not connecting with anyone. No. If Emily's reacting in anger, right? If she's fighting, then she's pushing people away. So that's the thing is that when we are feeling these intense emotions, it's a means of disconnection, yeah. right? So instead of recognizing what we're feeling and saying, well, this is how I'm feeling. This is why we're reacting in these intense responses that could end up being toxic for our relationships and push people away. 
getting down to is toxicity is not black or white. Right. And that's it, why we talk talk in circles in these yes it feels in these like that, podcasts right? because nothing is black it and white. Isn't right or right. We can sit here and say, hey, these behaviors are toxic. These behaviors are not toxic. But sometimes we have them and sometimes we don't, which is why people are not good or bad. People are just people. So let's talk a little bit about how like all of us have that friend, has that friend that's struggling who's just driving us nuts. And listen, we try for the most part. And usually with those people, we give too much at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right, because so they're ask also if they're asking for a lot. Well, sometimes they can feel like a bottomless pit. Right, right, and you want to be there for other people, mm-hmm. like you want to take then care of them. other people, and then you get resentful and you hold that in. <laughs> At least I hold that in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I do too. Uh, I think yeah. I do too. So you just shut down and cut them off completely. I like end up having a fight and it's over. Oh yeah, no, that doesn't happen for oh, me. Oh, does that happen? I feel like that doesn't happen. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blueland, and it has been a game changer. Blueland has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. 
to me. But also, okay, here's my question. Since we've become therapists, have we gotten better at setting boundaries? I think that's the thing is that, like, it's hard for us to recognize now because we talk to people all the time and and our therapy is for the person. We obviously never get resentful for that. Like, it's – Oh, no. No, I've never, ever felt resentful towards a client. I think – yeah, no. But I think friends – That's different. I think they also come to us less. I can remember, though, when we first started our practice, you calling me and being like, I – I'm going to kill all my friends. Like, they're driving me nuts. They're asking so much. I feel like everyone just asks me for advice all the time. Yeah. Can you remember that And I that think part? that happens to a lot of therapists, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, I will have... Well, usually because you were a therapist before you were officially a therapist. Absolutely. Because you were always, like like we've talked about before in the show, it's a calling, yeah. right? So people always came to you. Yeah. So people don't change that. Just because you then got a degree and a license, That's true. it doesn't change. Well, people and I still, think... You're still their friend. They still treat you the I, same way. I think in the past, it was so fulfilling for me to give to my friends. Yes. And now that I'm doing it with clients all the time, it's become part of my job, mm. then it was more overwhelming. So it was more my... A boundary that I had to set up because my friends were just acting exactly as they always had yeah, yeah right I just had to change my boundaries because it ended up being way more overwhelming whereas before it was actually very fulfilling to to be helping and giving advice but now we can't, we can't do it the same way right because it's too much well and that's the thing to think about it's like things change yeah just because you've made one agreement or dynamic or set of rules with your friends or relationships you get to change that and that's really how you grow together, right? So, like, the more you grow, the more boundaries that you set in your relationship, um, the more your relationships have to change, too. And so we talk to a, I talk to a lot of clients about this. When they start to work on themselves and grow themselves, that they start having to set different boundaries in their relationships. And as they set those different boundaries, it means their relationships are going to change, too. And so that they have to be prepared for their friends or their family to start changing their reactions within those relationships. So really what we're saying is that toxicity can be handled through communication, right? That like, if I continue to have these conversations, if I continue to talk about it, if I continue to know myself and be open, now here's where it becomes a problem. Are you guys ready? Here's the difference. is when it doesn't be, where we move over to more black and white territory, which is if there is no space for me to set boundaries in a relationship, if there is no space for me to use my voice, if there is no space for me to say no, then it doesn't work. Right right that's when we hit it does go into more of a black and white setting then when we start to say this idea about like leave a toxic relationship leave a toxic job you have to say like just because someone hurts my feelings they're not toxic right <laughs> and if we it, have to like check ourselves if a you're bit. both willing to work on things yeah it right? doesn't have to be toxic right and working on things is really recognizing your part in the in the relationship yeah. Right, because if you're just gonna blame each other, yeah. uh, nothing well, gets accomplished. And it's also important to think about like how much of it ends up being mob mentality. If I'm fighting with a friend, mm. and of course everyone in your life loves you, right? So if you're having an issue and you're feeling like you're hurt by someone, hopefully most, everyone yes, in your life yeah, loves right. you. But so you mo- should make sure that yes. everyone in your life loves you. <laughs> Call and if them they right don't, now and you verify. set those boundaries, right? But so like this idea that so let's say that someone's really hurting me in my life, most people are then going to have my back. So watch how much you guys are really sort of egging each other on, mm-hmm. right? I think this happens, and I hate to stereotype, but I, this happens in a lot of female friendships. I know, it does. I know, and I'm like in pain even stereotyping. Yeah. Because I think, too, okay, women are bred to be very relational, mm-hmm. right? And we connect over a million different things, but unfortunately, I think also sometimes we connect over like talking about other people. Yeah. Depending on 
like if there's one person in the group who like loves talking about other people and then it just kind of spreads yeah and so but to recognize that like sometimes that's even hard to recognize Mm -hmm. and to say like is this the kind of relationship I want to be a part of absolutely right like does this group of people work for me right and how how does that because okay so here's an example you know when you don't notice something about someone but then someone else says it and you're like oh my god now I I see that and I'm feeling it um, and so, like, if that's happening a lot in your relationships where there's a lot of negativity being spread amongst the group, there's this mob mentality, yeah. uh, then that might be something to think about and, and ask yourself, how's that affecting me? And, and it doesn't mean you have to leave the group. It doesn't right. mean everything has to change and it's all over. It means you have to say to yourself, like, all right, so what, one, what's my part in this? Yeah. And two, what do I want to do about it? Right. Not everything has to be so horrible. Not everything has to be cut off. There are some things that do not work. If you're in an abusive relationship, whether it is romantic, friendship, work you got to get the fuck out yes right there is and one of the things that people if you're any of our clients know if you come you know for couples work is that like um you're not, if there is violence or if there's abuse then it's not candidates for couples there right. you don't work with couples where there's active abuse mm-hmm. happening because it's not safe enough right so we can't do the hard work of taking responsibility and upsetting people and dealing with finger feelings fingers fingers and also their fingers their fingers <laughs> of dealing with that because outside the room there could be danger and there's no work that can be done yeah right like there's actually no if, if there's abuse in the relationship then no work is going to be accomplished there because no one's taking responsibility for their actions right so um, that doesn't mean you guys are hopeless, but there are there could be individual work that could be yeah. done if if the abusive partner is taking responsibility mm-hmm. and they're doing work on themselves. Um, and then when the abuse ends, that's when we can start our work Absolutely. in couples when therapy. Safety, exactly. And the same thing with like our friendships. Yeah. If there is enough safety, there is lots of communication that can happen. Mm-hmm. So how much safety is it? Do you feel like? And like here's another thing to keep in mind, right? If you have a group of people and people are always talking about each other. It doesn't feel like there's enough safety to then set up boundaries because it's like, oh, well, shit. If you're talking about Jackie yesterday. Like you're going to talk about me. You're talking about Jenny. You're talking about Murphy. I'm just naming Murphy. people in this room. Um, <laughs> That's Emily's dog, by the way. <laughs> if you're just, right, then you're not going to, then obviously you're going to be like, you're going to talk about me too. So, and, and there is like with trust. And like, this is something that Jen and I have spent the past six years of our relationship working on is enough at trust to have a business together oh yeah right where there's shared finances where there's everything is shared like you got to have a lot we of really trust each other yes. and and but that takes time and it takes a ton of time building it and really it also takes going through experiences where not everything is easy and being able to talk through and being able to talk through and having issues and work through them that's really how you build on your relationship and your trust is that you you go through difficult times and you're able you're both able to take responsibility for your part in it and you move forward Mm -hmm. and I think the good thing about our relationship is that we both really recognize what we could work on individually and how it might affect our our working relationship and then we grow from it and that's because we're both highly anxious and (laughs) And, and we try maybe, to be as self-aware as possible. And we're maybe too self-aware right. sometimes. Which is so, another so the, thing. So the book club recommendation of the week is women who think too much. Oh, God. That's such a good one. Okay. And speaking of, we need to get a book list together for you guys we're because sorry. we've had so many questions and we're really <laughs> sorry we're working on it and so this is what we're going to do so if you go to straightchicks.com you can add in your email address and you are going to get emailed 
our book list. It might take a little bit of it time. It might take a little bit because we're still working through because we have but so yeah. many book recommendations. <laughs> we're so sorry. And we got a lot going on over here. We're doing our best. Yes. We're only human. Um, and slightly toxic. Still slightly <laughs> toxic because we're, we're saying we're going to do something and we're not doing it. Um, but we officially have a website, so we're getting there. And I mean, it's in construction, but <laughs> but you can go onto our website, as Emily said, shrinkchicks.com, and fill out your email address. So let's go through. So let's say you listen to this podcast and you start to think to yourself, oh, crap, maybe I'm a little bit toxic. Maybe I've noticed some stuff. Here's what I want you to do. Don't freak out. You're not, an app per- you're not a bad person. Nothing's going wrong. What you can take from it is to say, you want to know what? I want to, to there's some to be some changes in my relationships. Yes. So I'm going to communicate them. I'm going to change them a little differently. I'm going to go home and my partner today. I'm going to say, you know what? I've been pretty exhausted recently, and I think I may have taken it out on you. I'm going to call up a friend and say, you know what? The past few times we've chatted has been really about me. I haven't been getting enough connection from my spouse, and I've been sort of using you. How are you doing? It takes almost no effort to check in with people. Mm-hmm. And it's free. And you know, <laughs> it did. That was beautiful, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, it also, the first step to that is checking in with yourself, right? Figure out what's going on with you, right? Ask yourself, how am I feeling lately? How's it playing out in my relationships? And then go to those different conversations. It is not easy to have those conversations with people. It's very vulnerable. But if you do, your relationships will be so enriched by your ability to do so. And when you're vulnerable, it allows other people to be vulnerable yeah. too. So it really just opens that up. I love it. Right? So like, so women, especially, the, I know, I think the majority of our listeners are women based on our statistics. That but if we you're men, see, we, we love, love you. you too. But women, think about community over competition. Women are not your competition. And if it's feeling that way, let's check in with yourself and Go get some help. There are probably amazing clinicians near you. There's lots of book recommendations we can give. Um, Self-care and processing and healing does not have to be expensive. Right. Oh, yeah. Right? There's other free ways to do it. I mean, if you even go on freaking Instagram, there's 10 million gajillion accounts you can follow for self-growth. It's it's really just about changing your mindset. Yeah. And it takes a very active process to be able to do that. It doesn't mean you have to go to therapy and spend money. It's helpful. It's but, nice to have someone to go through it too. Right. Yeah, to be a part but of it. But there are other options, and it's really about being aware and being active in that process. Mm-hmm. That if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's the definition of insanity. Insanity. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, wait, personal versus professional. Oh my God, whose turn is it? I don't know. I'll go. Okay. Okay. Like, like, I have to say something? No, you're not really good at thinking on No, I'm just, like, not creative. That's okay. I got it. Don't worry. You're ready. It takes me, like, a whole day to think of these things. <laughs> you're, like, really good on I'm the spot. I'm very good on the spot. I'm very good on the and spot. The, and the only downside of this is that, like, because you're creative, then I have to answer. Yeah, I know. It really screws you. Okay. <laughs> so okay, you. that's all right. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Personal versus professional. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. You have a friend in your life mm-hmm. who it's always about them. Okay. It's always about them. And to be fair, they've been through some shit. Yes. This is not like, you know, they're crying because they've lost their phone charger. I mean, they have gone through some really serious stuff. Yes. But to the point where everyone else is exhausted by them. Okay. But guess what? In your friend group, you're the communicator. Huh. So everyone in your friend group has now nominated you to talk so, to this Was person. there like a board meeting about this? I think this? That there was a board meeting. <laughs> there was a board meeting. And I was nominated. You were, you were nominated. As president. And just, just a side note, <laughs> just like a little drop for me. I was president in my fifth grade. You want to hear you? my slogan? I do. 
don't be mistaken, vote for Jen Chaikin. Wow! I know. Isn't That's that such a good one? Awesome? I know. Who came up with that? You didn't. Obviously not me. <laughs> Fifth grade, I was not. Probably, still not creative. Probably Steven. Steve, who's very, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't, I probably Steve, that's my guess. It's definitely, Steve is yeah. his brother. So apparently the slogan. He's very funny. Very funny and way more creative yes. than I am. Way more. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but okay, anyway, so, okay, so keep so going. Became, I'm sorry. All right, so you became president. So whatever. So you have to say to this person. Yes. And you like think really hard about it and you take your time and you carefully craft something and you try to set up this boundary and they just like effing lose it on you. What do you mean by that? Well, they're just like, you're an asshole. You're a bad friend. You've betrayed me, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right? Personal versus professional. Okay. What do you do? Professional is like what I would be telling a client mm-hmm. to say, right? Okay. So professional... To talk to the friend, I understand that this is really hard for you, and I understand you're going through a lot. You know, I I in no way want to to be hurtful for you. I want to be there for you. However, I don't think I have the space to be able to to open up in the way that you need me to be. You need me to. Here are some recommendations, right? So that would be my professional one. So you didn't. I want to know something. You didn't speak on anyone else's behalf. No, you just spoke for yourself. But everyone nominated you. you I would, forget the yeah, rules. I no, but I would still, I think, professionally say that because it's because uh, then you're being triangulated into everyone mm-hmm. else's relationship, yeah. right? It's not your responsibility to speak for other people, yeah. because if you take that responsibility, it also takes the power away from the other people to be mm-hmm. able to have these personal conversations, right? So that would be my recommendation. Okay. Ready for personal? Okay, so I cannot wait to hear persons, right? Because, like, if someone's yelling, are they yelling at me to my face? Yeah, like, how's this I happening? think it's probably over text because most conversations in 2020 happen over text, right? Okay, so if it's over text and they're freaking out and they're saying, like, how dare you do this to me? Yeah. Um, I think I stop answering <laughs> and I'm probably fucking pissed. Yeah. You always get angry first. I do. I get angry first. And, and in, when I get angry, I don't react to my anger. I just, like, step away. Mm-hmm. So I think I would be angry. And then I would think through. I have to, I think through things for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I think through things. And I would probably go back to friends and be like, did you hear about this? <laughs> what she, how she reacted to me? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I think I would think through it and then maybe come back to it with a clearer head. Because I don't typically react strong yeah. to my anger. But I love that idea because so many of us, especially like in this day and age of technology, think we have to answer right away. Right. And there is a pressure put on us. Like we don't make that up. Like there is a, well, why are you answering? You're just texting me. Like you're allowed to say to people like, I am really surprised you're reacting that way. Like I actually, like you, this is your response. I really need to like take a little I bit to like time. process. And I think that's important too because reacting to your anger, you might say things that you don't actually mean mm-hmm. or say things that aren't really helpful to communication, right? I think I take probably longer than you need to take yeah. within the within that communication. And so, but I think it's good to give yourself some space, even if it's in person, and you're feeling very reactive, it's actually good to give yourself some space. I actually tell my clients to come up with a word if they feel like they're going to be too reactive and it actually breaks the tension. So they come up with like a weird word and then they have to separate for like five, ten minutes. Or like Staphylophagus? Yeah, like something okay. crazy like that. Um, and they separate. Like a timeout. Yeah, some yeah. sort of timeout. But they're both on the same page yes. so that the other one doesn't feel rejected. Yeah. That they're like, I don't want to say something that I don't mean. Yeah. So they're very clear about like what the word means. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they take that time to separate until they can come back together and have the conversation in, yeah. in a way that's going to be helpful for the relationship. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's my answer. All right, personal versus professional. Thank you so much. That was very creative. I'm very impressed. <laughs> On the spot. Hey guys, next week's episode, we have a really special guest. Oh. Erin from Erin Lives Whole. She's the best. She's the best. If you do not follow her, follow her. Check her out at Erin Lives Whole. And remind her to always follow and check us out at WC Therapy Group and at Shrink Chicks. Um, Rate, subscribe. And let's say it. If you think this will be helpful for someone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't send it. Don't send it. Maybe send it, but then have a conversation about it. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. We love you. Love you. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.